you turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 17, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Beginning with verse 17. Now, in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they who are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before the other his own supper. One is hungry, another is drunk. What, have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Therefore, as As, as often as ye drink, drink it in rem This cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many are asleep. For if ye would judge, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together unto judgment, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Keep in mind who Paul was talking to. He was talking to the Corinthian Christians. If there was a church anywhere that had problems, it was the Corinthian church. They were divided over their leadership. According to chapters 1 and 2, some said, I'm of Apollos. Others said, I'm of Paul. And some groups said, well, I'm not of any of them. I'm of Jesus. And Paul is sort of sarcastically poking, poking fun at them. And he said, was I, was I crucified for you? Was Apollos crucified for you? It was Jesus. We're just the ones that gave you the message but our eyes need to be kept on Jesus. They were going to court with each other. There was immorality in the church. 
They were confused over tongues. Some of them were speaking in tongues. They were confused over healing. And some of them were even getting drunk at the Lord's Supper or before the Lord's Supper when they would eat. Now, Paul was very, very patient. He doesn't lambast anybody. And so when we come to this section, we don't find him lambasting. For example, in chapters 12, 13, and 14, when he speaks about tongues, he is not overly critical. He just quietly suggests there's a better way. The love way is the better way. And when he's dealing with his people concerning drink, drink, he says, when you come into the house of God, you need to keep in mind that he is holy. This is not the place for you to even think of getting drunk. And, of course, this is dealt with in other places. But I want you to think of three things tonight as we come to the Lord's Supper. Number one, the proper spirit. Number two, the proper symbols. And number three, the, pop, the proper self-searching, looking into our own hearts. Number one, the proper spirit. He said, now when you come together, this is a time for us to think through what we're doing. This is not a time when we come hungry and we think we're going to take this bread and drink this cup and it'll fill some physical need of ours. He said, we need to come with the proper spirit or attitude, recognizing that this is a time when we celebrate what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so we move quickly to the proper symbols. And he says, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. As oft as you drink it, you remember the blood that was shed at Calvary. This cup does not become the actual blood. It is a symbol of that blood. There is a group who believe in transubstantiation, that is, that when the minister prays over those elements, that suddenly the bread becomes the very flesh of Jesus and the cup becomes the very blood of Jesus. And therefore that minister has a right to give you the flesh of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And if he doesn't give it to you, you have no part in him. And this is the reason and the place where heresy came in. And many in the church, in the broad sense of the word today, have a total misunderstanding of this. These are symbols only. The bread, a symbol of the broken body of our Lord. And when you partake of that bread tonight, you're not taking the flesh of Jesus, but a symbol of that flesh. You're saying, thank you, Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins. When you take of that blood, you're not taking the actual blood of the Lord. That was spilled 2,000 years ago. And by faith, you have appropriated what happened at Calvary 2,000 years ago to your spiritual life and to your soul and to your life so that the blood has cleansed you from sin and washed away your sins. And the element that we take tonight, the grape juice, and it's not real wine. We don't use wine here because wine is a fermented substance that could not represent purity. It doesn't represent the blood, it represents drunkenness. 
We observe this and we take that element and when we drink it, we're remembering that Jesus shed his blood on the cross for our sins. The proper symbols. Now you connect that with a proper attitude or the proper spirit. Brother Chris could not have sung a more appropriate song tonight, nor the quartet when they sang, this is what heaven means to me. What does heaven mean to you? Sometimes we talk about what it means grandma and grandpa and aunt and uncle and mother and daddy. And those are wonderful, wonderful truths. And all of us enter into that. But if that's all heaven means to you, you've missed the mark. Jesus is what heaven means to us. We're going to see Jesus, the one who died for us, the one who was crucified, who shed his blood, who loved us like nobody else has ever loved us. And when Chris said, more love to thee, more love to thee, nothing, nothing, listen, nothing is out of place. No expenditure too great for one you love. No work too hard for one you love. I heard some of the parents today talking about their little children and how they had to clean up diapers and so on. If you didn't love those kids, you wouldn't do that. That's the reason we have so many abandoned children today, because their parents don't love them. But I'm persuaded better things of you. You love your kids. That's the reason you change their diapers. That's the reason you go out and work hard to earn a living. That's the reason you discipline them, because you love them. When we love the Lord, no work will be too hard. No expenditure will be too great. No giving of our time is too much because of what he did for us. The proper attitude, the proper symbols, and then the proper self-searching. This scripture says, let every man examine himself. When we come to the table of the Lord, it's a time of taking stock. It's a time for us to look into our own hearts and see if our attitude's right, if our mindset is right, if our understanding is right, to see if our doctrines are right. In the earlier part of this, he talks about heresy coming in. Nothing could be more of a, of a concern when we come to the Lord's Supper than heresy or confused doctrine. That's the reason for years and years, Baptists have insisted that those who come together to take the Lord's Supper would be of like mind and like faith and like order. We come together understanding that the only way we get to heaven is by grace through faith. Not what we do, but what he did. If we try to add works, then that's heresy. Now that's a hard, strong term, and a lot of people don't like to use it today, but that's what it really is. Now how do you add works? You add works by saying God is not able to keep us saved after we are saved, because if we're going to be saved by grace, then we have to keep ourselves saved by our works, or else God will send us to hell. 
and nothing can be further from the biblical truth. The truth of the Word of God is that Christ forgiveth, He receiveth sinful men, and He forgives our past, present, and future sins. All at Calvary, all at one time when we receive Christ as our Savior. Jesus comes in and cleanses. and forgives us, and we become His, and He is ours. And when we come to the Lord's Supper, we come with those who understand the Scripture like that. We understand that baptism doesn't save us. As far as I can read in the New Testament, nobody got saved who, wasn't, who didn't go on and follow the Lord in baptism. That doesn't mean baptismal regeneration. It means Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. We trust Him for salvation. We obey Him because of who He is, because of love, more love to Thee. And so we come to the Lord's Supper and examine our hearts. Am I in tune doctrinally with heaven, with the Word of God, with those with whom I take this supper? Am I in tune spiritually? Do I have something against God? Am I holding a grudge in my heart because God did something some time ago and I didn't understand it, therefore I'm just sort of reserved a little bit and I'm not going to give to God as much as I used to give because uh, God's people didn't do right by me. Or everybody didn't look at me with appreciation like they ought to have and I get out of fellowship with God or His people. And so it's a time for us to take stock of that. We look into our own lives, let every man examine his own heart when we come to this supper. I'm not to examine your heart. That isn't what the scripture says. I'm not gonna say, well, I wonder if E.J. is measuring up. Or I wonder if Brother Danny is measuring up like he ought to measure up. That's not what it says. He says, Danny, you examine your heart. Richard, you examine your heart. We, all, we look into our own hearts. And that causes us to have a new fellowship with Christ if we'll be honest with Him. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All unrighteousness. Now he says, if you don't do that, if you don't do that, many sleep because they didn't do that. If we do not judge ourselves, we leave ourselves wide open for God to judge. And when God judges us as believers, he doesn't send us to hell, but he may have to remove us from life here. There may have to be a funeral. There may have to be uh, some real problems, discipline in our lives. And so we need to look into our own hearts and let God speak to us. Can we do that tonight as we come to this sacred time? If you're here this evening and you've never been saved, you're not sure what it means even to be saved. I want to ask you to give your heart to Christ just like you are. Come to him and trust him. If you are saved, but you've never been baptized, 
you need to obey the Lord in baptism. Baptism doesn't save you, but baptism is the outward expression of something that's real in your heart. You need to follow Jesus in baptism. If you've been saved and your church membership is somewhere else, you need to come and say, I want to be part of this body. I'm part of the body of Christ, but I want to be part of this fellowship. And I'm going to commit my life to serve the Lord here. And if you're saved and there's been something out of fellowship with you and God, somehow you're cold or you're indifferent or you're rebellious or something, this is a good night to get that straight. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the word of God that deals with all of our problems. We pray that everyone here tonight will say, Lord, I want to be more in fellowship and in love with you than I've ever been. More love to thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Number 146, let's stand as we sing. I can hear the Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. As we sing this, if God has spoken to any of our hearts, if there's anyone here that needs a rededication of life, or a renewal of your spiritual love to Christ, or a closer fellowship with Him, or you need to come and say, I've never really been saved, I want to be saved, or I've been saved but I have not been baptized and I'm willing to follow the Lord in baptism, or I want to move my letter to this church, will you do what God tells you to do while we begin to sing, will you step out for the King?